0: Welcome to the Lifting Lessons at Lunch, hosted by Calvary Baptist Church of Statham, Georgia. My name is Matt Dibler and I have the great privilege of pastoring Calvary Baptist Church. This podcast can be heard every Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock. And now here is our speaker for today. Hello and welcome to today's Lifting Lesson at Lunch. We are so honored and thankful that you've taken time out of your day to come and join us as we study the word of God. This is our very first Lifting Lesson of 2023 and boy, am I excited. I am so excited for what God is gonna do through this Lifting Lesson and through these Lifting Lessons this year. I know God has some great things and some great truths to teach us And it is our prayer and our desire that each day as we bring you these lifting lessons at lunch, Monday through Friday at noon, that God would reveal himself to you through his word, that he would show you areas in your life that maybe you need encouragement in or maybe you need to be convicted of, and that you would heed the spirit's drawing and the spirit's convicting in your life. And we just pray that God uses this in such a mighty way in your life. We're so honored and just so thankful that God has given us this avenue of which we can open the word of God and share the truths that God has for us in this day and age. You know, the word of God, the Bible, the 66 books of the Bible are still applicable to us today. The Bible is not just some old book of fables or an old book of just some good good ideas or maybe just a good moral code. No, the Bible is the word of the living God. When we open the Bible and we read what God has to say about something, it is is what God thinks. You are reading God's word when you open the Bible. What a privilege that is. And it is my privilege to be called of God, to be a preacher of the gospel, and to be able to open this word of God and say, "'Thus saith the Lord.'" It's a great responsibility, but it also is a great privilege. And I thank you for joining us today as you listen and as you, I pray, take to heart what God says through his word. Now, if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, we encourage you to share, like, and subscribe if you're on YouTube and Facebook. We encourage you to to like, comment, and share with your friends. And maybe you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we're excited that uh, we can offer it now on those two platforms and many, many others, but those are the two main ones. And uh, so maybe you're riding down the road and you want to tune in at noon, but you can't you know, quite get on YouTube or Facebook won't load or whatever the case may be. You can just listen to the audio version of it on Apple Podcast if you have an iPhone or Spotify if you have an iPhone or Android. Uh, We're just trying to get our lifting lessons out so that more people can be encouraged with the Word of God. We're so thankful today to have the Word of God with us. I'm thankful to be able to hold a copy of His words in my hand. And I'm just so excited for what God's going to do today and through this year. Now, this year, what we're going to be doing, we may do it a little differently. We're going to take a book of the Bible, and we're going to start at the very beginning, and we're going to work our way all the way through to the very end. And this year, to start out, we're going to be looking at a book that you are probably familiar with. But it is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Can you guess which one it is? I'll give you three seconds. Three, two, one. Did you guess it? You probably did. We're going to be going to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians. Now the book of Philippians, it was written through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by Paul. And he wrote it to the church at Philippi. It was a church that he started on his second missionary journey. As we'll see in Acts chapter sixteen, we may not get there today, but I know that we will end up there in Acts chapter sixteen, where we see the starting of the church at Philippi. And as we look at the book of Philippians, there are many things that God He teaches us. There are many, uh, there are many way applications of this book, and we're going to try our best to to go and follow along with what the Word of God says. And now there is one overarching theme to the whole book of Philippians, no matter which way you look at it, no matter which way you, you, you slice or dice it, it all comes back to this one word. Do you know what it is? Joy. Joy. Did you know that in the Christian life, you can have joy? Now notice, I didn't say happiness. Now you can have happiness in the Christian life, but happiness is based on our circumstances. If you go to the car dealership and you buy you a brand new truck or a brand new car, you're probably feeling pretty happy. But I bet you if you were to pull out of that parking lot in that brand new car and you were to get rear-ended and your car would be totaled five minutes after you bought it, your happiness would probably be at at an all-time low. But you see, our joy is not based upon our circumstances. Our joy is not based on things Our joy is not based on people. Our joy is based on one person, and His name is Jesus Christ. He's given us joy in this life. John 15, verse number 11, the Bible says, These things, this is Jesus speaking, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Do you realize that Jesus Christ Wants you to live joyfully. God wants you to rejoice. We always, if you're a Christian, have a reason to rejoice. Now you say, Landon, I I don't always feel like rejoicing. I don't always feel like I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Well, you know, I can tell you this. I've been there too. I have felt, man, there's just no reason to rejoice. I just don't don't see in this dark valley how I can rejoice. Do you realize that Paul, who wrote this book under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, do you realize that when he was writing this book, he was in prison? He was in a Roman jail. Actually, he was under house arrest, but he had a Roman guard shackled to him at all times. And yet, he writes the book of Philippians about joy. Now, his circumstances did not warrant any joy. But you see, his Savior did. When we are saved and we have Jesus Christ, we always have reason to rejoice. Warren Wiersbe once said that few Christians take advantage of the privilege of joy. They live under a cloud of disappointment when they could be walking in the sunshine of joy. Isn't that so true? The Word of God teaches us, especially in the book of Philippians, as we'll be studying through this book, that no matter the circumstances, no matter the things, no matter the the world, no matter the people, no matter how much we have to worry about, there is always reason to be joyful. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. You realize that God is telling you that no matter what goes on in your life, you always should rejoice i want to give you four things today by way of introduction into this study and honestly the next the next lifting lesson i may just continue with this with the idea of the introduction because there's so much that can be said about an introduction into this book but there are four things that steal our joy there are four things that i am sure you could probably say yep I remember a a point in my life where one of those things stole my joy. Can I give them to you? Each one is represented in each chapter of the book of Philippians. The first one is circumstances. Your circumstances. Now how many of you have ever been in a circumstance in your life, found yourself in a situation that you had lost your joy? That Satan, he stole your joy away from you because of the circumstances of your life the poet Byron once wrote that men are the sport of circumstances. And isn't that so true? It just seems that there's one thing after another. And even after you spend a time about the time you start realizing, oh man, I'm starting to do good. there's not there hasn't been a storm in a, in, a, in a little while, all of a sudden you're in a storm just like that. It's so it's it's amazing, but men, we are the sport of circumstances. But you see Paul, in chapter 1, he writes, and he understood that although his circumstances gave him no reason to rejoice, he had a Savior in whom there is always reason to rejoice. Friend, no matter the circumstance, you always have reason to rejoice. But in chapter 1, we see that no ma- that, that the circumstances that we find ourselves in our lives give us reason not to rejoice, or often are the things that steal our joy. Not only that, but the people, people in our lives, people are people. Sometimes people do things and they, they steal our joy away. And that's true. But do you realize that no matter what a person does to you, you still have reason to rejoice because your, your joy is not based on them. It's based on him. Not only do your circumstances steal your joy, not only do people often steal your joy, But things, as we see in chapter 3, things can steal your joy. Abraham Lincoln once said he was walking down the street with his two sons who were crying and fighting. A man asked, what's the matter with the boys? Lincoln responded and said, the same thing that's wrong with the whole world. I have three walnuts and each of the boys wants two. Isn't that how it is? We're selfish we want things. We search after things. We try and attain all these things in our lives. But things can never bring true joy in the life of a Christian. But we see circumstances, people, things. And in chapter 4, we see worry. And this is the worst thief of all. Worry can steal your joy away. Worry can steal your joy away. If Paul had wanted to worry, he had plenty of occasion He was a political prisoner facing possible execution. His friends in Rome were divided in their attitudes towards his case. He had no mission board supporting him and no legal aid society defending him. If Paul, out of anybody, had a reason not to rejoice, he was the man that had no reason to rejoice. But yet he did. Why? Because he put his joy in the only true source, and that's Jesus Christ. Now, throughout this book, we see circumstances, people, things, and worry that steal our joy. But now, how can we stop those things from stealing our joy? And remember, I'm just giving you an overarching theme. But how can we stop those things from stealing our joy? Well, how can you stop from circumstances stealing our joy? Philippians chapter 1, verse 20, gives us the answer. Verse 21, I'm sorry, gives us the answer. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. You don't want circumstances in your life to steer your joy? Well, remember your sole purpose. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. When we focus on our purpose, no matter what happens, we just see our circumstances as ways to help us fulfill our purpose. Paul, he's sitting in prison in a terrible circumstance, and yet he says, for me to live, it's Christ, and to die Gain. We see the single mind in Philippians chapter one. The single focus, the single mind on the on the sole purpose, which is for me to live in a Christ, is gain. Philippians chapter two. How do we overcome the the thief of people? We have a submissive mind, a submissive mind. Philippians chapter two says this. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. If you want to stop people from stealing your joy, stop looking at yourself and start looking at them through Christ's eyes. Philippians chapter 2 gives us the answer. Of how we can overcome the joy stealer of people. Not only do we see the joy stealer of people and the overcoming of it with the submissive mind, but we also see the spiritual mind in Philippians chapter 3. This is how we can we can stop things from stealing our joy. In, Hose, in, in uh, Philippians chapter 3, he uses the word things eight times. Eight times in one chapter, he uses the word things. He says in verse, number, uh, in verse number one, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, it is, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. He says in uh, chapter number uh, chapter number three, verse number um, 13, Brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, And reaching forth unto those things which are before. How do we overcome this joy stealer of things? We have the spiritual mind. We look not on this temporal world, but we look on the eternal world. Look at verse number 19 and 20 in chapter 13. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. If you mind earthly things, you won't have joy. But look at the, look at verse number 20. For our conversation, our, this word conversation, this word literally means our residence or our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't want things to seal your joy, have the spiritual mind. Look to the Lord. Not only do we see the spiritual mind, but number four, how we can stop worry from stealing our joy is to have the secure mind, the secure mind. Philippians chapter four, he says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You say I am sick and tired of worry, which is the worst thief of all, stealing my joy. Well, you need to have the secure mind. What secures your mind? The Lord Jesus Christ. This word, He says, to keep. He says to keep. That means to guard, to guard, as a as a prisoner guard would, or protected by the military. Or as a prison, it's a military term. To guard, to protect is the word keep here in Philippians chapter 4. But we have three spiritual resources in order that we may have a secure mind. And I'm giving you a lot today. I know that I am and I'm going a little bit long today. But I'm just so encouraged as we just look at at this theme of joy and what God has done. And how he's given us this ability to be joyful. This is what God's teaching me. He's given us three resources we have God's peace in verses 1 through 9. We have God's power in verses 10 through 13. And we have God's provision in verses 14 through 23. We can be secure no matter the worry, the things that we can worry about. We are secure in God's peace, in God's power, and God's provision. So as we review and as we look back at this book of Philippians, Paul, he's in jail. He has no reason to rejoice Circumstances, people, things, and worry—they they steal our joy. They could have stolen Paul's joy away, but he had the single mind. He focused on Jesus Christ. He had the submissive mind. He thought more of others and less about himself. He has the spiritual mind. He thought about Jesus Christ. He had he minded the things of the of the world. Uh, he minded the things of heaven, not the things of the world. And he also had the secure mind. He guarded it. He kept it. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Friend, I encourage you, buckle up and join us as we study through the book of Philippians. We're here to help your joy. And guess what? We can't do it. But this perfect Bible that I hold in my hands right here, it gives us the tools that we need to have the joy of the Lord in our hearts. You can have a joyful, victorious Christian life, and I pray that you'll join us in our lifting lessons at lunch throughout this year in studying the book of Philippians and how we can have true joy in our lives. We thank God for you, and we look forward to tomorrow in our lifting lesson at lunch, 12 noon, and we're excited to see what God will do this year. Have a great day and a great rest of your week.